You excited about the word? You ready to receive this morning? Now, I'm hearing a lot of amens here. I want to hear it all the way to the walls. I said, are y'all ready to get in the word this morning? You excited about the word this morning? See, look, if you're not excited about the word before I preach, you'll receive nothing out of it. Because it's your expectation that brings growth and life to the word that's delivered. If you're waiting for expectation to hit you midway through the message, you'll miss the first half and you'll be delayed in your growth process. Y'all ready to get in the word? Good. I'm, I'm trying to decide my microphone games with me this morning and it sounds weird. And so if I turn, if I switch mics in a minute, don't freak out on me. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, let, me, let, me ask, let me start this message this morning by asking you this question because uh, the reason I was up till 4 o'clock this morning is at about 11 o'clock last night, I decided to take a trip down memory lane. Now, I, I'm going to say some things that probably a lot of you don't know about. Uh, I, grew up, I grew up in the church. I grew up listening to a lot of music. My family is very musically inclined. Uh, my grandfather plays many instruments. My mom was a vocalist. Uh, a lot of our family are musicians. And uh, it was really weird. I, I, was, I was sitting on the couch. My son was sitting next to me. Uh, golf was on the TV. And, and I decided to pull out some old, now some of y'all might not even know where I'm going with this, with some old Sandy Patty and Larnell Harris. And all the seasoned folk in the room went, amen. And, 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 and I started kind of going down memory lane from when I was a kid. And, and I'm, I'm listening to songs like, He's More Than Wonderful, uh, I've Just Seen Jesus, things that we used to sing in the car when my mom and I would be driving, and, 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 and just amazing moments. And, I, and I'm just taking this trip down memory lane, and I'm remembering, I'm reminiscing, and I'm going to try to not get emotional about it, because I sat on the couch, kept wiping tears while my son was sitting next to me, because I didn't want him asking me questions like, Dad, what's wrong? But I was being reminded of the moments in my life at a very early age that I developed an understanding of how great God was. That at a very young age, I was learning how big and how great my God was even before he ever had to really do anything because I was too stupid to do life right. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, and I'm remembering these moments and I'm, I'm cherishing these moments. And, and so I'm sitting there and God says, I, I need you to revamp some of your message. I need you to rewrite some pieces because I want to give you some things that I need the church to hear this morning. So let me start this message this morning by asking you a very simple question. How many of you in this room know that God has called you to greater things? <laughs> He's called you to greater things. Now, that was a few of you because when I say greater, the moment I say greater, most people in the church go, that means I have to do something greater. How do I find time in my existence to do more? I'm already stressed out with what I already have to do. But I just need you to get in the mindset as of the greater, not the complacent. Of the greater, not the comfortable. Of the greater, not just the uh, whatever comes. But really having a mindset that God has called you to greater things. If he didn't, you'd still be in the same place you were when he found you. He's called you to live greater than your past. Greater than your mistakes, greater than your failures, greater than your situations, greater than your circumstances, greater than your job, greater than your finances, greater than your possessions, greater than you. And now is the time. Today is the day that you and I choose to live greater than. Greater than what? I don't know what your after than is, but it's time for us to just understand that if God is dwelling on the inside of us, he is calling us to greater. Stop making excuses for where you stand because the only reason you stand is because you are planting yourself saying, I refuse to go and do greater. Now is the time. So this morning, I just want to preach to you a message simply titled greater than. 
the call to more. So I got to ask you, are you ready this morning to step into a greater than life? Are you really ready? See, you, you, better, you better think before you answer this question this morning. Don't just say, oh, pastor, it's something. Yes, I'm ready for a greater. Because here we go. We go greater than, and then we think that what we're talking about is God giving me something greater. No, no, no. God already gave you something greater. There is nothing in this world that God can give you that's greater than what he already gave you. Can you just be excited about what he already gave you? He gave you life. You didn't deserve it, but he saved you. You didn't deserve it, but he picked you up. That's because he had greater intentions for you. He had greater moments for you. Stop complaining. Oh, can I just say this? Complaining about your present is a refusal to accept the greater that God's calling you to. <laughs> you don't like your house. Oh, I don't like my house. I hate my house. I hate my house. God, give me something greater. You're not ready for greater because you're too busy complaining about where you're at. Do you understand that this house is the stepping stone to get you to that house? The car you're in is the stepping stone to get your next car. Dwayne's wrecked car is a stepping stone to the next blessing in his life. How do you say Because God's called you to greater. But we go, no, it's a pain. It's a problem. Every struggle in your life is a stepping stone to the promise he's called you to. People go, Pastor, you've been to jail. Yep, thank God. Because I'd be so jacked up if I didn't go to jail. Oh, I wouldn't be here. It was jail where he spoke to me. It wasn't in the world. It wasn't sitting in my couch. It wasn't sitting at home watching TV. It wasn't doing my life. It was stuck in a jail cell that God says, I got your attention now. Now listen. And now a jail is a thing that launched me to greater. I got my wife because of jail. Look at that. I got four crazy kids because of jail. See, you look at on No, everything is to launch you into greater. It's sad because a lot of believers don't even act like greater is in them. At least it doesn't show up on their face. We started singing that song, you give me joy down deep in my soul. You ought to see people's faces when they sing that song. <laughs> down deep in my soul, down deep in my, he better hurry up and end this today. You give me joy down deep in my soul. I could ask Pastor Ben to come up here and tell you what it looks like sometimes. It's kind of funny. <laughs> you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. You are great. No, I can't get it. No, no, there, there's got to be a change in us. Greatness is not a power to do more. It's an ability to see where God's calling you. So this morning, I want you to jump in the word with me, the book of John chapter 14. Book of John chapter 14, we will spend the majority of our morning in that scripture right there because I need you to see it better than you've ever seen it before. John chapter 14 and verse 12, if you got it, say, I got it. If you're looking at the screen, say, I'm looking. Amen. As long as you got one of the two, we're going to be all right this morning. It says in verse 12, it says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater what? Oh, God, don't say the word work. Don't say the word work. Why are you saying the word work? Don't say the word work. The word work is a bad word. No, the word work is a great word. Because what you don't work for, you won't have value to. Uh, greater works will you do than these he will. I'm sorry. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. And the father may be glor that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now watch. This is what we do. Ready? Ready? 
we get to the very bottom of verse 14, and that's the verse we cling. We skip all of the beginning part, and we get down to verse 14, we go, yes, if I ask for anything. And then when God doesn't give you what you want, you get angry with him. And we didn't read the precursor to the existence of asking him at the bottom of verse 14. And we say, God, do greater. This, this is a problem in the church. That we ask God to do greater, but when will we become greater? Oh, when will we act greater? When will we actually do greater than what we did when we were in the world? Because I'm just going to be honest with you. There's a lot of church folk in the church today that are acting the same way they were in the world. They just show up to churches on Sundays. They're not doing greater. They're just masquerading as greater. They're presenting themselves. They're showing up. God, look, I'm here. I did my part. No, you didn't. Because greater doesn't start on Sunday, Jack. It starts on Monday. Greater is an attitude of expectation, not, not God do more for me so I can look better in my own existence. We all want to be greater because we think that greater gives us greater platform, that greater makes us seen. Let me help you with something. The problem with lights is that it points out every flaw that's in your existence. One of the hardest things as a pastor is to sit in lights because you have to be so transparent because you can't hide anything because what you hide, the enemy will expose. And so you have to learn that you have to live in this certain space, but people go, but I want to be greater. No, 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 no. You don't want to be greater. You want to do greater because he dwells in you. It's time that the church understands that we have been called to do greater. Now, before you get lost in this whole statement of, well, are you saying that we got to, that works is what makes, no, that's not what I'm saying. But let me help you with something. There is not one time in the word that the word that God does not declare works. I love the new thought in the church today that grace covers everything. Even when you refuse to live obediently. I love the new theory in the church that we are not, we're saved by grace, but there's no need for works in the church anymore. The Bible says, you show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith with works. It's like this, you can want to harvest all day, but if there's no seed in the ground, if you've not planted anything, baby, ain't nothing coming out of that ground. But we go, but God, you'll just give it to us. No, God is not a sugar daddy that moves on the whining and the complaints of your situation. God moves on the obedience and the work of a believer. That's why he says, greater work shall you do, not greater complaining shall you do. Not greater whining shall you do. Not, wait, not greater this or that or, or, or posts or whatever you do. No, he says greater works. And we go, but I don't want to do any works. That's a condition in the culture today. We are not a conditioned, we're not conditioned to work anymore. We're conditioned to stick a hand out and wait. But a man who does not plow his field does not reap a harvest. A man, oh Jesus, this gets uncomfortable really quick. Pastor, you don't understand how hard I work. You don't understand all the stuff I do. Yeah, you keep telling me you do it. When's he going to start doing it in you? You keep telling me about all the stuff you do. When's he going to do? When is everything that you do a direct correlation to what God is already doing in you? Not a response to how much more you can add to your plate, but how big your God is operating on the inside of you. Greater is not an ability for you to add more to your existence. Greater is stepping back going, God... I can't do this on my own and I need you. And so God, I'm going to lead. I'm going to follow your lead rather than me lead and you follow me. I'm trying to get you this one. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works. You should be excited that Jesus declared that you'll do greater. That means he had faith in you. 
That means he entrusted you. That means he believed in you even before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew what he was declaring over you. He was declaring it to the disciples, but you understand that Jesus is God in flesh form. Everything that God spoke into existence still continues into eternity. So everything that Jesus spoke had the same power that God spoke. I'm trying to help you. So if he said it to the disciples, the whatever he told the disciples is the same word he gave over me. Even though I wasn't born yet, he still knew me in my mother's womb. Even though my mama wasn't born yet. Even though my grandmother wasn't born yet. Even though my great, 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 great grandmother wasn't born yet. He still knew me. And he says, Brian, greater work shall you do even than me. And before you think that God's saying that the quality of your work will be greater than his, that's not what he's saying. He's saying the quantity. Here's the problem with the word greater. We want the quality or the, the value of quality and not understand that it's just about quantity. Jesus fulfilled his purpose in the earth, led hundreds upon hundreds upon thousands of people to the kingdom of God. And he says, greater things shall you do, which means that in the timeline between his death and him ascending to the right hand of the father till now, greater shall we do than he did. When was the last time you calculated how many souls you said you led to Christ? And have you compared it to what he did yet? And if you come underneath it, then we're not operating in greater. We're operating in complacency. Let, let me show you. This is not even my notes, but I feel like I need to go there. I told them this morning, so I don't know where it's going to go. It could go about 52 different ways because God had a rewrite last night. But, but let me share this with you. This Tuesday, I was with the staff, and I even shared this with the youth leadership the Bible says that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Y'all all know that scripture, right? You've all heard that thing. It's a great scripture. We're like, yes, we need more laborers. The problem is, is that we missed the first part of it. The harvest is plenty. The laborers are few. So let us pray to the Lord of the harvest for more laborers. Here's the problem. No one wants to labor over the harvest anymore. They just want to labor in positions. God did such an amazing work in us so that we could tell others, so that we could bring a harvest into the kingdom. Jesus led the disciples, raised the disciples, taught the disciples so that when he left, they could go reach the harvest. I just need to say this as pastor of this house. Maybe I need to change my title from pastor to harvester. Because I'm realizing that preaching is just a gift, but that God's called me to reach souls. Because if he saved mine, it's so that I might save someone else's. If Kirk gives up his life for me, I owe him what? My life. If God saved my life, then I owe my life to win others' lives so that they don't end up in the pits of hell, which is where I was headed. I need to stop sitting in churches and playing comfy, cozy Christian and start being a believer and declaring the word to the world around me so that a harvest can come into the house so that I can operate in my gifting. Oh, help us, Father. Because so many people in the church today want to say that I'm operating in the calling. The calling is to go ye therefore into all the world and preach the good news. To tell them about Jesus. It is not to sit in churches and sit in comfy seats and go, look, we paid our penance today. But who did I bring next to me? Who did I bring to receive this word this morning? Who did I bring? Because I don't want hell to win. I know this is a crazy word, but I got to say this to you. Uh, hell is not a scary place in the church anymore. We spend more time talking about heaven and the blessings than we do about the hell that's a reality. For the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Death is hell. Separation from God. No, don't talk about hell, Pastor. Hell. We don't want to talk about hell. We just want to talk about good life, blessings, and promises, and blah, blah, blah. You'll get all that if you don't go to hell. I know that's crazy. 
But we go, no, we don't want to talk about hell. We, don't talk about, we won't talk about the sin that sends us to hell. We won't talk about hell. We won't talk about the devil. In fact, we praise the devil more than we praise the God that we serve. Because we give the devil more props for the things that are going wrong in our lives than God for the things that are going great in our lives. Because we haven't accepted the greater than mentality yet. We have just accepted the complacency and the consistent immature behavior of placating as church members and church attenders and believers rather than, than really just committing to it. God's called you to a greater than. But when will you decide? The word greater comes from the root word great. I'm not even into this text yet. I better buckle your seatbelts. Greater comes from the root word great. The word great is defined as this, wonderful, first rate, very good, notable, remarkable, exceptionally outstanding, important, highly significant or consequential, of considerable duration or length. So in other words, Jesus said that you will do more than wonderful. More than first rate, more than very good, more than notable, more than remarkable, more than exceptionally outstanding, more than important, more than highly significant or consequential. And I like this part because it really spoke to me more than considerable duration or length. In other words, what you think is the longevity of your life, you ain't seen nothing yet when you start operating in the greater that he has for you. What I'm learning right now is that death doesn't have a hold on me as long as I'm walking in the greater. But when I walk in the complacency of my own existence, then death can win. But when I choose to make him greater in my life, my longevity is extended and death really loses its sting. The Bible says that when Jesus died, death lost its sting. Death lost its sting. Death didn't misplace its sting, didn't set it aside and forgot where it was. No, he lost it, which means it was unretrievable. You're going to miss this in a second. But in order for me to walk in that power that death has lost its sting, I have to walk in the greater than mentality with him. Because if I do not understand and believe and walk in that he is greater in me, then death now has its victory over me. Oh, you're going to catch it in a minute. Because when the doctor says one thing, I go, ah, hold on. That's your report. But y'all remember that old song. We shall believe the report of the Lord. Y'all remember that? We used to jive to that song. Some of y'all are like, I don't know that stuff. That's all right. You'll hear it one day. Amen. There are 15 different definitions in Webster's Dictionary of the word great, and I just picked a few. Jesus speaks to the disciples and says, you can be greater. You can live greater. You can do greater. He spoke the same thing to you when you received him into your heart. You can do greater. You can live greater. You can be greater. But you've got to accept greater you got to let greater dwell on the inside of you. you got to walk in the greater. you got to wake up in the greater. you got to go to bed in the greater. you got to choose greater. And today he's declaring the same purpose over you, over your life, and over your family. Yes, over your family. I don't care if they're not here. He's declaring it over them right now. you just got to accept it. Do you realize and understand that it is God's desire for you to be greater than what you were before him? That when he says greater, you begin to operate from a purpose of greater than your own. You begin to lead from a position greater than where you were. You begin to declare a power greater than anything else. 
You believe for greater than what you can imagine or hope for. Yes, you will do greater. And now is the time that you and I just accept it. Stop fighting God over it because I'm going to help you with something. Let me, let me just be pastor. Let me love on you for a second. You can't fight God and win. I tried. It didn't work. I really did. I mean, I gave him, the, I gave him a run for his money. I mean, boy, raised in the church, cut my teeth on the pews. I mean, I gave God the best run I could give him, and he still caught my happy little behind. Stop fighting him. You're not going to win. Just give up. Surrender. Did you know that surrendering is not a sissy move? It's actually a strength move. Because surrendering means, you know what? I really don't have it under control, but he does. The creator of the universe, the alpha and the omega, the beginning to the end, everything that he is now has complete control. And you go, well, that's a crutch. No, baby, that's called expectation. Stop fighting him. Just give up so that he can become greater in you. I think I messed up my pages here. Amen. Yes, I did. You will do greater, and it is time for you and I just to accept it and walk in the call to more, the call to greater than. But before we can do greater, before we can walk in the greater, before you can receive everything, I'm saying, Pastor, it sounds great. It sounds great, but don't tell me I got to do more. Sorry. But the more that I'm asking you to do is actually already in you. You just haven't tapped into it yet. You think you have to go learn a new trick, a new technique, a new skill. No, you just got to be willing to say yes. Before you can walk in the greater than life, I need you to understand that greater is not something you become or are, but greater is something that dwells deep down on the inside of you. 1 John 4, 4 says it this way, and you've heard the scripture before. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. When was the last time God was greater than the worldly circumstance you were living in? Come on, work with me for a second. See, I'm not shouting at you anymore. I'm not pumped up and running at you anymore. When was the last time you checked the fullness of your tank? When was the last time to see if you were, see, you don't have an E and an F in your full tank. You have a greater or less than. When was the last time you made sure that the needle of your existence was on the G, not the L? God, are you greater than or less than my circumstances? Are you greater than or less than my, my things? Are you greater than or less? Where are you at in this thing, God? If you live in the greater than, but you're going to walk in some crazy stuff. But the moment you let that needle start to go backwards to the less than, you are taking yourself to where you were before you said yes to him. And how can you take yourself back to where you were before you said yes and then still declare the greater than God that you say you serve? Because y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know when your needle gets down to the E point? And then that red light turns on and you start to play with how far you can drive your car before you got to get that next full tank of gas. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. I do it all the time. I'm like, I got 30. Ask my kids. They'll get in the car. I'm hitting the button. What you doing, Dad? Check and see how many miles I got before we got to stop at the gas station. You're not supposed to run your car down that low. Look here, Jack. It's my bank account, not yours. We're going to hold on to that five extra dollars as long as we can. Amen. But it's amazing that we will condition ourselves to live on E. Watch. We will condition our lifestyle to live on E because we think that we're losing by filling the tank. And God says, no, when you live on full, you don't keep checking the needle. 
You wake up in confidence that when you go to the car, there's gas in the car to start the sucker. But what we do is we operate a lifestyle in the less than category. And so we have to run to God and beg God to move. God, be greater than my situation. If you really were already living in the greater than, when you woke up in your situation, you'd be like, God, you're bigger than that foolishness. You wouldn't be caught up in the... The devil's mad this morning. That's not my mommy, my battery. I don't know. We'll find out again in a minute. God has called you to be greater than, and it's time that you live as such. He who is greater in the... Is, he is greater in you than he that's in the world. You need to walk out of the world's world of greatness and walk into his world of greatness. Greater works only come when God becomes greater in you. But let's look at this scripture again, John chapter 14. You get anything out of this yet so far? Good. Praise God. John chapter 14, going back to verse 12. I'm going to give you three simple steps, three easy things that you can do to actually not just walk in the greater, but live in the greater than life. You ready? Verse 12, it says this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, stop. I know your Bible has a comma there, but I'm putting a stop in there. Comma usually means pause, take a breath. It'd be amazing if most of us would breathe when we read word rather than just keep reading. You know that a question, that a comma mark in, in the Torah is actually a selah, which means take rest. So in other words, when you're reading scripture and, and, and you see a comma, you're supposed to breathe and let it settle. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who... Believes in me. The first step to greater than to a greater than life is that you must really, really, not church Sunday, not when all hell's breaking loose, but really live a lifestyle that says, God, I believe in you. Not in your own abilities, but in him and his power. Proverbs 3, chapter 5, or chapter 3, verses 5 through 6 says this: Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him in what? He shall direct your path. You've heard this scripture before. It is amazing to me how many church folk don't even abide by this. Trust in the Lord. Have faith. Believe. 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 In the Lord with what? Well, only the part he touched. Only the damaged part that I asked him to fix. Did you know that God never has an intention of fixing a part of your heart without affecting the whole piece? And did you know that a he, when a healing manifests in you, it is not just for you, but for everyone that's around you? Because he's going to demonstrate his power through you. I'm trying to help you this morning. Some of you go, God, touch me, touch me. No, 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 I need you to pray this prayer. Touch me so that they can all be touched by you. <laughs> Heal me so they can all be healed by you. Because watch this. The moment God moves in your life, it brings faith. It brings a declaration of faith. You start declaring that to other people that are going through struggles. They now catch your faith, and they start walking. And next thing you know, it becomes contagious to the existence around you. God doesn't move in an individual's life without the desire to affect the whole culture around it. Do you understand? That's why you're a catalyst for revival, for reviving people around you. Because God says, I'm going to move in you. You're going to become my vessel. And when you become my vessel, I'm going to pour you out. I said this in the car yesterday. We were driving back from, from out of town, and, and I was talking to Pastor Robert, and I said, here's the problem. Most vessels in the church today are not tippable. I know tippable is probably not a word, but it's a word in my sermon right now. You're not tippable. In other words, God says, I'm going to tip you over. Don't, don't, don't tip me over. You remember that stupid song? I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle. Here is my spout. Tip me over and what? You didn't realize you were prophetically speaking into your existence as a child. 
God tipped me over and poured me out. Why did you want him to pour you out? Because how can you receive greater if you're still carrying the same old? And the only reason you're not tippable is because you're filling your own vessel and not letting him fill it. Because the reason you're not tippable is because what you put in your vessel weighs you down. But what he puts in your vessel will flow right out of you. For out of you shall flow rivers of living water. Do you see what I'm getting at? You go, oh, God, I'm so, I'm so weighed down. It's because you keep putting stuff in that vessel. God never intended to be in that thing for it in the first place. God, can I just, I'm just going, oh, here's a good, this revelation is I'm talking. No wonder we can't sleep because we can't lay the vessel down. <sighs> I got to be up all the time. I can't, I can't lay down. I can't find rest. Why? Because I'm weighed down with my own existence rather than filled with greater. Oh, that sweet sleep he promised. I can get that thing. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm trying to help you get there this morning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Where are you leaning right now? And can I just say this? Stop leaning on yourself. You'll fall. Well, I got to do it. I got, you can't do anything. For the word says, I can do all things through who does what? So in other words, you're weak until he comes in the picture. Oh, nobody wants to admit, I'm, I'm, I'm not admitting I'm weak. I am not weak. Pastor, you're not going to tell me I'm weak. How dare you say that I'm weak? Oh, you're weak. You write a letter all you want. You can complain about it all you want. Oh, you're, you're a weenie. You sissy. Pastor, I'm offended now. No, that's what the word says. You just didn't see it. It says you're weak. You know, what, you know why you have a problem with saying I'm weak? Because pride overtakes where humility should live. When you operate in greater than, humility becomes a lifestyle, not pride. Trying to help you all this morning. Believe only in him and he who is in your life. Don't waver. Don't lose faith. Believe in him. That's your first step. First step to walking in greater. Believe. 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 If I told you right now, right now, right now, then I got a call from the doctor this morning. The doctor said, Brian, we ran a test on your heart and everything is perfect. You got a brand new heart. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that, Pastor. I had to see it for myself. You know, science says, science schmines. You take your science and run somewhere. I'm going to run with a word that's longer lasting than a man's opinion. And I'm going to hold on to this sucker. This is the problem. I start telling you about things that have happened in my ministry over the years, signs, miracles, and wonders that have happened. People look at me like I'm stupid, like a girl who literally tore all the muscles off her knee. She came up to the service. I was in San Antonio, Texas. We prayed for her. Actually, we didn't even lay hands on her. We just prayed for her. I said, stretch your hands, believe. See her walking without that cast. All of a sudden, I'm standing up here talking to the crowd. There's like probably six, 700 teens in the room, and all of a sudden, and I'm like, what is that noise? By the time I turn around, she's running off the stage around the sanctuary. Her mom comes to her and she goes, what, what, what happened? I said, I don't know. We prayed for her and she took off running. And I'll be honest with you, my flesh went, oh God, I'm going to get sued. <laughs> I'm going to jail. This little girl just, I'm going to pay medical bills for the rest of my life. Come to find out later. She went and had an MRI done, all the x-rays done, and the muscles where the tears were, there was like... I don't even know, like, like, like it had been put back together. There was a mark, like a scar mark, where the muscle had been re-adhered to the bone. You go, no, did you read your word? It is all in this scripture. And if he says I'm the same yesterday and today and forever, 
Why can we? Because we let our brains get in the way of a greater. We let our minds limit the power of God instead of walking in it. I believe that God can do anything he chooses to do. If he can save a jacked up kid like me, my God, he can do some great stuff. First, got to believe in him. You ready for number two? Goes on in verse 12. It says, most surely I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go where? You will do greater because I go to my father. This was to help us understand Jesus was actually giving us the precursor of how we had to exist in the greater. He said, the only reason you will be able to do greater and the only way it'll continue is if you understand that the only one you get power from is the father. So I'm leaving you and I'm going to my father. He, I, I, I had never really seen the word because in my life. I had just always understood that I would do greater works than he. God, you gave me a commandment. You gave me the ability, the anointing, the authority to do greater, to, to win more, to, to do it further than your 33 years of existence. So God, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do greater. But he says, only because I go to my father, which says, if you won't go to the father, you will never operate in greater. <sighs> Because Jesus was about his father's business. Now, what he told his parents, his parents said, where are you at? What you doing? Why you, why you walk off? She, he goes, funny lady. I'm not about your, I'm not your kid. I'm about my father's business. I love what John chapter 14, verse 10 says. This was, we're leading in verse 14, chapter 14 says, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does the works. Okay. How many of y'all understand that when you say, when you say the word says that we're supposed to do greater works, y'all get scared because you try to figure out how you're going to do more with the existence that you already have. Did you put that scripture back up there for that last one back up there for me real fast? It says, but the father who dwells in me does what? Does what? Wait, wait, hold on. I got to make sure you see this. He says, the words that I speak to you do not speak on, do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does. That's the problem in the church. We've been trying to do his job. And then we're worn out because we're trying to take on a responsibility he never called us to do. He said, I need you to let me be greater in you so that I can do the works through you. Greater is not a thing that you have to take on more responsibility, more workmanship. It's finally allowing God to be God in your life. And the only way you get to do it is going to him on a consistent basis. But I even look at that. Go, hold on. Don't go, don't go yet. Go back. Go back. He says, he says, but the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Jesus, help us. Yeah. Uh, how many times have you said something that you know God would have been disappointed for what came out of your mouth? Because it was completely contrary to who he was and what he thought. Like when you say, my body's killing me. Because you all say it. Shoot, I say it sometimes. Whoo, I've been playing golf. My, this, little, this little muscle right here, top of my butt, ain't happy. Walking around, like walking around, I like got a limp, something's wrong. That muscle just keeps grabbing because I'm using muscles I haven't used in 12 years. It's like, hey, what are you doing? I feel it right now. I'm, I'm trying not to limp, trying not to look like I got problems. No, I'm great at golf. I do wonderful. No, I'm hurting right now. But I'm not going to stay hurt. See, this is the problem. What we do is we walk through a moment. Oh, I'm dying. Oh, it's so bad. Ah. Ew. Ew. 
And you come into church, I wear it. Don't, just put your hands down. Put them down. You don't mean a lick of what's coming out your mouth right now. Because he's not, look, can I, can I just say, Pastor Ben's going amen, to amen me real quick here. You ready? Worship is a declaration of how great God already is, not how great he has to become for you to survive. Amen. amen. That was a better amen than that, Pastor Ben. Come on. Thank you. Okay, so we'll make sure. Sometimes we got to get that understanding. If you have a struggle in worshiping in church, the only reason you have a struggle in worshiping during worship service is because you haven't uncovered that he's greater than what you walked in with. Because worship is an expression that my God's great and greatly to be praised. That's what worship is. Can I just say this? Okay, giving. Ah, It's not even in my notes. Giving is an outward expression that God, you're greater than what's in my pockets. My prayer life and my fasting life is saying, God, I will sacrifice my flesh because you're greater than what I am. (sighs) Jesus said, the words that I speak, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Jesus knew where the ability to do greater than came from. Here's the problem in the church today. We don't go to God anymore. We go to man. You know what I'm tired of doing? I'm tired of fixing people who let man hurt them instead of letting God be their savior. Let God be their source. I am not God. I will point you to God, but I will not be God. If you call me more than you call God, I will not answer the phone. I will just hit the red button on my cell phone that says decline. And when you get mad because you know that I saw it ring twice and I hit the decline button, that should be a sign to you that I'm probably not going to God. If you're calling just to chit-chat, I'll answer. But if you keep calling me with problems and problems and problems, man, have you prayed yet? No. Man, stop calling me. I don't have the answers. I just have a finger. Go to him. Go to him. Go to him. Go to him. I don't want to go to him. I want to go to you, Pastor. You're going to just die in your situation then. I'm just living, I'm living enough just to get myself out of stuff, bro. I got four kids, man. Are you kidding me? I got enough stuff I got. Man, what what am I going to do? I got to pray for me. I get an amen from a parent somewhere in the room right now. Some of y'all got older kids. You're like, amen. I'm just saying, like, I'm just trying to keep my head above water. I got to pray. You better go pray. Go to God. Come and help with something. The more time you spend with God. (sighs) <sighs> you'll finally take on the John the Baptist mentality. I die, he I decrease, he increases. Yeah. That, that translation is less than, greater than. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm going to become what he's called me to do, then I better get into the greater than category and get, get me, let me be in the less than and go to the greater than. Yeah. <sighs> so if I got to believe in him, number one, and number two, I, I, I got to go to the Father. Yeah. Can, can I just say this? Stop using Jesus. Oh, it's going to get real tough real quick. This is where it gets tight in the church because people don't want to hear this anymore. Stop using Jesus as the end and start using him as the access point. (laughs) Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? That's what he says, right? He said, I'm the way. The way to what? Bible says that Jesus came with the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation to who? The Father. 
But, but Jesus is God in flesh form. Yes, but God sent Jesus to reconcile us back to him, to bring us home, to bring us to right standing with the Father, to bring us in right relationship. Can I just say this to you? Jesus is the way maker to the Father. Illegitimacy will stop in the church when we stop calling the brother the Father. Watch what I'm talking about. The Bible says Jesus says, I am the elder brother. I am the elder brother. The elder brother's responsibility was to retrieve the lost brother, the lost sibling. God sent the elder brother to retrieve us from our sin, to pay the ultimate price on the cross so that we wouldn't die in our sin, to reconcile us back to the Father. Why is it that the church doesn't want relationship with God? They just want relationship with Jesus. There is a process to this thing. Jesus says, I'm going to the right hand of the Father. He didn't say, I'm going to become the Father. He didn't say, I'm going to go put my body back in the Father. He said, I'm going to ascend to the right hand of the Father. I'm going to take on my position as the Son of God, not God. Without me, you have no access. He is the only way to the Father. But once you get there, will you please stop playing over here with the brother? And submit yourself to the Father. Hey, Dad, I got you. Hey, Dad, I'll submit to your authority in my life. Hey, Dad, I'll, I'll say yes. I'll be obedient to you, what you declare over me and what you speak into my life. I, I, I won't fight with you. God, I'll, I'll be your son and you'll be my God. I, I, ooh, I, see, here's the, what I keep seeing in the culture right now is that there is an illegitimacy, not only in the world, but it's in the church. The illegitimacy in the world started in the church. How can fathers in the world be fathers if we won't even let God the Father be the Father? For he is the Father, and he's the one who gives us the ability to be good fathers. I didn't know how to be a dad, but I learned real quick because I submitted myself to the Father. God, I don't know how to raise these four kids. God, you're going to have to help me because I don't know. Brian, I'll help you. And when you do it wrong, I'll correct you. And when you say the wrong things, I'll tell you real fast, and you'll fix them. But then I'll teach you how to walk in right relationship, not just with me, but even with your children. And what I do in your life, you will duplicate in their lives. Y'all catching what I'm going here? I didn't go, Jesus, you got to help me. Jesus, can we talk? Because I need the Father to talk to me. No, Jesus said, we already talked. We had communion at the altar. You received me. I was the way back home, and I brought you back to the Father. Just go talk to him. I'm your access point. Just go. You don't need permission. I am your permission. Go. Words that I speak to you, I don't speak on my own authority. But by the Father who dwells in me does the work. Stop trying to do the works and just let God do it in you. This is the source that you and I must consistently tap into. And that is the presence and the power of God when? Daily. Can I be honest with you? Here's how my prayer life goes. I don't pray to Jesus. I pray to God. You don't pray to Jesus? No. I go to the Father. I go to the Father. Jesus said, I go to the Father. He said, greater work shall you do than I did, which means I now walk in the authority and the power that he had in him because he now dwells in me. So shouldn't I have access to the Father now too? So why am I going and playing? No, no, I've, I've already been reconciled, baby. I, if I have to keep going to Jesus to get to the Father, then I haven't been reconciled. I'm dabbling on the outside of his existence, trying to get access back in. This is how the church plays. The church plays on the outside of the church, keeps begging Jesus to let them back in the church. Can, 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 Red Rover, Red Rover, send Susie on over. 
playing mother may I with God. Jesus, may I? You know how tired Jesus is of saving you? I know that's tough to swallow right there. That's a tough one. How many times that man got down across again? Did you know the Bible says that if you do not, if you receive the salvation of Jesus, the salvation through Jesus, and then you reject it, it's like putting him back on the cross again. It makes the cross in vain, but yet we still want to claim it because we don't want to go to hell. I I hate to tell you this, but you're going to find a lot of people that you thought made it to heaven. Where are they, God? Well, they claimed a lot of Jesus, but they never had relationship with me. They didn't allow themselves to walk in the sonship of being with the father. They just wanted to be cozy with the brother. Y'all, you've got to read your word. See, most people don't even read this. They don't even see it this way. But this is what Jesus came to do. The message of this house will always be Jesus, the way back to the father. But then I, will have, I have a responsibility to make sure that you're growing with God. Last point. You got a few more minutes? Almost done. Go into verse 13 on chapter 14. I promise you, I hope y'all are getting something out of this. It says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in what? The Son. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. But what do you have to do first? Believe and make the Father your pursuit. Go to the Father. Believe, go to the Father. Don't get hung up, go to the Father. Stop being illegitimate and become sons and daughters. Believe and stop being an orphan. Stop having an orphan mindset. Stop saying the world quit on me. God says I'll never quit on you. Believe, go to the Father. And then whatever you ask in my name, I'll do. Greater than means it's not about you, it's not in you, it's in him and his hands. He said, ask what? In what? No, but he said, put that verse back up for me. He said, ask in what? How many things have you asked for in your name? God, give me this. God, give me this. God, give me this. Instead of God, give me whatever you choose to. Whatever your name permits in my existence, that's what I'm seeking. Can I just say this to you? Some of you are walking in tremendous blessings, but you've limited the hand of God. Because you have prayed with a limited mindset based on your needs rather than his desires for you. I have learned this over the years. I have stopped telling God what I want, and I've just released God to be God. Hey, God, whatever you choose to do, I trust you. You know what's funny? Sometimes you pray that and then you don't get what you want and then you get mad. That's not what I want. And God says, but I'm working in your midst. You just don't even see it. I got you because I'm greater than all your stuff. Sometimes I'm, I'm believing for a four-bedroom house, but God wants to give you a six-bedroom house and the finances to get the six-bedroom house, but you're only praying for the four-bedroom house, but God wants to bless you. And that one picture you keep looking at, you go, one day, one day, pray, oh God, one day. God's going, will you shut up? I got big things for you. I got greater things for you. But don't limit the hand that's giving it. 
God, just give me this little thing. I'll just take this little thing. I'll just take. No, where is your greater than mindset? I'm not talking about materialistic things. I'm just trying to help you see that sometimes we get stuck in the process and the thought mindset of what greater than is. Greater than you can't limit. You, when you say greater than, do not put anything after it. It's like saying, I love you, but. We all know that cancels out the I love you. We go, God, give me this. God, I'm believing for blessings. Give me this. And God's going, really? That, that's it? If you just waited on me, I'd have given you three times that. But, but I got to have this. God, God says, shh. Wait. I say, wait upon the Lord. Just wait. I know you think that's it, but just wait on me. Because what I got for you is so far bigger. And it's probably bigger in the place you're in rather than the place you're dreaming about. Ah! <sighs> he said, ask in my name. Stop asking in your own. Stop asking for your own desires. Ask for his. In other words, greater comes when you begin to live and pray his will and not your own. He said, I'll do what you ask in him. That the father may be glorified. Greater than living does not bring you glory, but all glory goes to the father. I'm going to make a mess. Don't make faces. This is a, let me see your, let me see your bottle, babe. Let me see your bottle. I hope you're not thirsty. Amen. Um, now, now this, this, wait, hold on. Okay. Um, it's my carpet. Get over it. Okay. It'll dry. Amen. Turn the height, turn the air off in this room for 45 minutes. It goes 92 degrees in here. It'll dry real quick. Trust me. Okay. This bottle, wait, hold on. Let me, let me do this right. Which bottle do you want? Wait, hold on. Okay, which bottle do you want? You probably backwashed in that. I might have. You never know. Which bottle? I want the full one. I want the, I want the, the greater bottle. Do you know where this bottle had to start before it became greater? Which bottle do you want now? Pastor, I want the one with the water. Uh-uh. You want the empty one. Why? Because you go to him, and he starts to fill you. But why does he fill you? I got machines in the back. It'll get the water out. I'm not paying tithes. You can no. We're, we got this stuff. We're good. <laughs> so, in other words, the greater than life means living with my vessel empty, ready to be filled, yes. not living full and calling myself greater. The greater only happens when you're empty enough, so that He can fill you. With greater. Stop complaining about your circumstance and your situation and where you're at. Where you're at is not the final process. It's just part of the process. 
enjoy the ride. And if you keep believing in him and you keep asking him and you keep declaring him, he will fill you to greater so that you can pour out again and be filled again. So that you can pour out again and be filled again. So you can pour out again and you can be filled again. Some people in the church have stagnant water and they're starting to smell because they think a full bottle is better than one that can be filled. Everybody stand to your feet. Pastor, why are we, why, why, why did you preach this message? Because what I see and what you see are two different things. Well, Pastor, what do you see? I see a church that has not tapped into its greater yet. I said this to somebody the other day. I said, we are not a 120-member church. We're a 500-member church. We just haven't realized it yet. Seriously. We're a 500-member church, easy. We just haven't realized it yet. I love when people come and go, Pastor, you don't plan on being a mega church. I'm not God. I don't know what God's plan is. I'm just doing what he called me to do, and wherever we end up is where we end up. Well, I don't want to be a part of a, a mega church. I just want to be a part of a small church because you get lost in a mega church. How do you get lost in a church at all? Because you're not coming for me. You're coming for him. The only reason we get lost in a big church or lost in a big church mentality is because we're coming for the wrong reasons. We're coming for our egos to be stroked rather than to break the shackles of the conditions that we walked in. We are not walking into the room as blind Bartimaeus. We are walking in full grown and telling somebody to take care of me. Well, I'm leaving. Why? Pastor didn't smile at me. I'm not going to smile at you. Get over it. If I don't smile at you, it's not because I don't like you. Maybe I didn't see you that morning. You didn't see me? Tell me where I signed a, a contract and said, hey, as the pastor, you got to smile at everybody and you got to just tend to everybody all the time. No. I am the shepherd who leads you to the pasture. The pasture I didn't create. God did. It says he shall lead you beside still waters into green pastures. Who's he? Not me. I'm supposed to get you to God. And you're supposed to live with him. And then when we come back together on a Sunday morning, we're supposed to come in celebratory mindset because we have stayed in the pasture under his covering all week long. And we've come into the house to declare the goodness of God and bring those who need the same pasture that we feed in every week. Not so that we can claim our positions of, yeah, I'm a sheep in the, in the fold. Look at me. I, I'm still here. No. God says, I dwell in you so that you might cause me to dwell in others. You might bring me to others so that they might dwell in the field. Do you understand whether you realize it or not that you were born to be a soul winner? Not a church attender. Read your word. I can't find it. Well, I've looked. I've, God, I've looked because I get this argument all the time. I just need to go to church. As long as I go to church, God understands. No, he doesn't. No. Because that is a complacent mindset that you refuse to do what God has called you to do with what he's deposited in you. And if you won't tap into what he's put in you, it will fade away. Take water, put it outside in a bowl and put it outside in the sun. Where's the water go? It evaporates. There are people that cannot stand the heat of the existence of life 
because they are carrying old water and not letting God fill them up again. Because they're saying, look, God, I've got water. Look, God, but God, it's so hot and it's so painful. And oh, where did all my water go? God goes, I asked you to pour that out months ago. God, I don't feel like you speak to me anymore. It's because I have no room to get in. You keep holding on to, yes, last week's miracles. And I wanted to do a brand new miracle this week. Can I just say that you as a cyborg, not even a message. I understand that we're supposed to declare what God has done in our lives until we die. And I still do it all the time. But don't get hung up on living in the past. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll give you a better analogy. I got some football fans in the room. I know I got some Saints fans in the room, and my wife's on the front row. Okay. I, I've made this statement to her, and she gets really mad when I say this. But I'm going to say it to you because it, it has context here. Why is it we're still having bumper stickers from the one Super Bowl we won on our cars? Instead of saying this is going to be that year that we come back and do it again. Watch. Why is it that we're still pumping bumper stickers from what happened last Sunday on our cars? And pulling in the parking lot and having a limited mindset that what happened last week will happen this week. Why don't we pull the bumper sticker off the car on a Saturday night so that when we pull in on a Sunday morning, we have an expectation that is not limited by the experience from last week, but is only limited by what God wants to pour out in the room this week. Because greater shall, greater things shall he do in us. Greater. The Bible says he causes us to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. Hey, see, listen, last week was nothing compared to what he wanted to do this week. Today is nothing compared to what he wants to do tomorrow in you. You just have to let him. I hope the saints get back this year. I hope we don't get robbed. I'm being honest. And I'm not a saints fan. I'm a football fan. That doesn't mean I won't watch a full saints game. Don't, don't get it lost. That means if you want to bless me with tickets, I will go. <laughs> Amen. Look, back in the day, we used to have some tickets. So I used to literally finish preaching, get in the car and go straight there, been there the second quarter and sit there and watch the game because I just like football. But here's what I'm saying to you. I, I don't, I, okay, we, listen, the team that won the Super Bowl for the Saints is not the team that's on the field today. So if you're claiming the last Super Bowl, that means you have to claim all the old players. Some of those players have been injured. Some of those players don't play to the same caliber they played then. Can I, can I just, and I don't mean this to be lighthearted. Take Steve Gleason. The one who blocked that punt with the, with the Falcons now has LS and in all case, tents and purposes, he's dying. Why is it we keep running backwards to live old memories? No, God, tomorrow morning, I'm going to open my eyes. And I'm going to believe for greater. Not for you to do greater, but for me to allow greater space for you to dwell in. So that you and I can accomplish what you've called us to do. I will be greater in the kingdom of God. And then you become the billboard for the great king you already serve. Take the hand of the neighbor standing next to you. There will be a small counseling session between my wife and I after church. If you're in that boat, you can join us. When I married my wife, I told her one of the 20 things that I told her on my list. I had a list. You got to know what you want, bro. 
I said, you have to like football. So you like football? She said, I like football. I said, we can get married then. <laughs> I, it was football and she couldn't be a vegetarian. <laughs> I like steak. I'm not sitting around at a table and she looked at me, you're eating a cow. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm going to keep eating that cow. Okay. Do me a favor. Just shake a little bit. Just wiggle a little bit. Oh. Sometimes you just got to shake off the stuff. Ooh, I sent your presence, God. Here's my prayer. I don't want to be a pastor of another church. And I don't mean that like go somewhere else to be. I don't want to be a pastor of just another church. I want to be a part of a church that believes for greater. I sat in my living room last night and played those songs and went back to six years old sitting in a blue Oldsmobile Cutlass driving across Texas with my family and listening to these songs and singing them as a kid. He's more than wonderful. He's more than amazing. He's more than miraculous. That song, I've just seen Jesus. I tell you that he's alive. How majestic is it? And you go, Pastor, I don't know these songs. I can get really old with you real fast because I like the old stuff. How great thou art. And I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Bless me now. kids went to bed. My son goes, Dad, I'm going to bed. I think that was God moving him because God just wanted to deal with me. And, and I'm sitting there and then I, I find myself and I end up on a, another, another YouTube page of a, church, a Spanish church in Stockton, California. And it's all in Spanish. And I'm getting ripped. I have no idea what they're singing. I'm just <laughs> My wife comes in and she goes, you got to turn the TV down. It's too loud. I'm, I'm surprised and like, babe, it's like four in the morning. What are you? I couldn't turn it off. I almost didn't go to sleep this last night. Because there was such an expectation for greater on the inside of me. I couldn't get away from it. I didn't want to go to bed because I was afraid if I went to sleep, it'd go away. It's like, maybe I'd just stay up for three more hours and just make it happen. I'll drink two coffees. But then God spoke to me when I was sitting on the couch. He said, go to bed. Because when you wake up, I'll still be greater. When will God be greater than you? Maybe today's the day. If you stand in this place, whether you've been in the church your entire life, or maybe this is your first time here, or maybe you've backslidden, or maybe whatever it is, I'll tell you like they used to tell me, you're never too far from God. And this is your day. Because God sees greater in you. Because He desires to dwell in you. If you stand in this room this morning and say, Pastor, I want to experience this greater. I want to pray for you this morning. And I want, to experience, I want you to experience what I get to experience. God is the greatest thing in my life. I love my wife, but he's greater than her. I love my babies, but he's greater than them. 
I love you as our church, but he's greater than this church. He's greater than this building. He's greater than this property. He's greater than any of this. He said, greater work shall you do. It starts when you let him become greater in you. If you're in this room, you say, Pastor, I need to let God become greater in me. Will you do me a favor? Just let go of the hand of the neighbor you're standing next to. Don't get weird about it. Just come to the altar. This is, this is the first step to greatness in your life. I need to let God become greater in me. If you're sitting in the middle of a road, excuse me, I got to go get my greater. I went way over time today, but I'm okay. In nine minutes, I'm going to welcome new people into this family. And after the move of God and the presence of God, people were added to the church when? That day. Uh, Pastor Robert, help me. Y'all spread this way a little bit. If you're up here, spread across the front. I, there's not a gaping hole that you can't stand in. Y'all can spread out a little bit. Now you stay right where you are, Joyce. Stay where you're fine. I just want to be able to see everybody. Greater happens when you really understand that what he thinks of you is great. I'm God's favorite, whether you like it or not. No, I'm God's favorite. Okay, you can be his favorite too. He's a big God. Here's what I, here's what I long for in my walk. That when I go to bed at night, God's pleased with me. As a kid, I longed to have a dad tell me he was proud of me. I get it every day now. <laughs> You've been called to something greater. All you have to do is say, okay, I'll do it. I am where I am today because I said yes to greater than what I thought of myself. I am not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm a shy little boy who has low self-esteem. Who struggles with his own self. Who for years wondered why everybody else got the green light, but I never did. Who questioned his existence at moments of his life that he should have never done it. That even tried to do things to his own life to take himself out of the equation because he couldn't handle the space. That's the Brian... And then God came in the picture and he said, but I've called you to greater. Get up. Stand up. Lift your hands and lift your voice and know that I've called you. Not to be less than, but to be greater. The Brian that's in the world is the low self-esteem, shy kid that can't look at people in the eyes, that can't stand on platforms, that is petrified out of his mind to do this thing. But the, the, the greater in me says, Brian, keep running the race because thousands will come to the cross because you just said yes. And then you're... 
and then your children will carry on the legacy and when you're long and gone they greater shall they do than you did you will pass the baton the same way Jesus passed the baton you will continue and then they will pass the baton until the second coming and we will do this thing together greater I just want greater if you stand at this altar this morning just lift both hands in your own words, just tell him, God, I, I just want greater. Become greater in me. If you're in your seat, you didn't come, it's okay. You can lift your hands in this moment too and just ask him, to, God, I want that greater space in me. I want you to become greater in me. I want to walk in everything you have for me. I don't want to miss a single moment, a single second. God, become greater in me this morning. Before I walk out of this room, before I sit in another church service, sing the three songs, hear a good word. God, become greater. Become greater. I don't want to be great. You be great in me. Come on, ask him, ask him, ask him. He said, ask and you shall receive. Whatever you do in my name, you shall receive it. It is coming, just ask. Just ask. Just ask. Some of y'all ain't been asking. Start asking. greater than mindset, the greater than life will break you out of your past. I am not I am not what my last names declared I would be. I am not Brian Walden, a son of a man who couldn't stay and be a father. I'm not Brian Dean a stepson or a stepson to a father that couldn't father. I am Brian I am exactly who God called me to be. I will not be defined what others couldn't by what others couldn't be. I will be defined by what God is calling me to be and I will only focus on that and I will not be sidetracked with what everything else. I don't care if you didn't have a great upbringing. You can have a great life in Him. I don't care if your daddy wasn't great. He'll become a great father. I'm sorry you didn't have a great mama. He'll take on that role too. I didn't even put it in there. It says, but he will uphold you with his mighty right hand. A symbol of victory. In other words, he will raise you up in victory. The righteous right hand. You stand this altar and look at me. You're going to have to do something while you stand this altar before you walk away. Not to the people that are standing at this altar, but to somebody in this room. So when I say amen, don't run out of this door because somebody's coming to talk to you. I want you to go tell somebody before you walk out, God's great in me. And in him, I am great. When you can finally tell somebody that, it breaks all the shackles of the past. And then you walk out going, Woo, baby, we got stuff to do.
because he's great in me and I'm great in him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for what you've done in this place today. Father, I thank you for those that will stay after service in just a few minutes to be added to this family. I thank you for those that have visited with us that came in here just to visit. Father, I pray that their lives have been touched and changed. But Father, more importantly, I pray for every person that stands at this altar. I bind and I break the spirit of complacency. I bind and I break the thought of position and Christianese. Father, I declare the spirit of a believer to manifest on each one of them, that they will not just talk about the greatness of God, but they will walk in the greatness of God. They will declare the greatness of God. They will lead in the greatness of God. And when it is all said and done, it is the greatness of God that will give them access into the heavens and they will hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Father, I declare in this place as pastor of this house, Greater things are yet to come. We have not seen it fulfilled yet, but greater is on the horizon. And we say yes to the greater than and no to the less than, Father. We give you the praise for what you've done in this place. And we walk out of this place telling the world, telling those that are in this room, that God is great in me. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen.